guys, here we are. Talking Luft is up and going again. This week we're talking to Tom Southern. If you haven't heard his episode on the Cycling Podcast, go back and have a listen to that. It's a great one. It's a bit of a mailbag. We've got a director sportive, or Tom is a director sportive, my director sportive. Um, and we're talking all about the life of a director, but also some people have thrown some questions in about who knows what, and we've tried to answer them. So go back and have a listen to that. What we've got coming up is the Talking Luft with Tom. He's an ultimate Luft guy. He's got the best Luft cap, as you've seen on the release of this episode. I've never seen anything like it. It's almost bordering on too much Luft. But without further ado, I bring you Talking Luft with Tom Southern. Enjoy, guys. Welcome to Talking Luft. This is going to be good. This man knows how to wear the cap. He's got a special Luft cap, specially made by Rafa. I think I've got the highest, uh, the highest cycling cap in history, I'm pretty sure. 33% extra Luft, specially developed. <laughs> I'd almost say it's too much Luft. It's quite difficult to wear. Um, I know we were just discussing earlier about this hairspray idea, but I think I'm going to have to uh, invest in sort of like three, four cans of hairspray and see if I can uh, really stiffen things up around there. You probably fit them underneath the whole cans. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, actually. I could have the entire can. Just That would be next level of doing the hairspray. No, no. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a cool hat. I had a friend of mine who made it... Uh, who had it made specially for us. Well, speaking of caps, let's go straight into it. Caskets, how do you wear yours? Do you wear it forwards, backwards, brim up? What's your style? I use uh, multiple styles. So sort of below 35 k's an hour be forwards. Um, if I'm riding with the peak down, um, obviously when things speed up, I'd flip it back. Um, I'm a big fan of the backwards cap um, with, with the peak mm flip back um, at the back um, and very rarely very rarely if I'm feeling uh, you know uh, a little bit uh, adventurous I'd wear it with the peak up at the front but that's a that's a rare day that riding and what about when you stop and have a coffee do you have it how do you wear it then uh, that would be forwards you can't really have, wear a backwards cap in the coffee shop it's too racy, man. It's too racy. Yeah. It's definitely for going fast. Yeah, it is. All right, great. If you could have raced in the year of no helmets, what would it have been? Uh, I did actually race. Well, not no helmets. I had, like, when I, was a, when I was just starting out, we still had that ridiculous rule where you could take a helmet off on a... Oh, did you a, still race in that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, on a climb. And, like, it was this... The, the one race we could do it at, it was, like, pouring with rain, like, freezing cold. And of course, we come to the last climb. I was like, ah, oh, sweet. And I saw the sign because they had these big signs with like, you can throw it, take your helmets off. I took my helmet off, threw it off, rode up the climb. Obviously, I'm not even in the front of the race, so no point doing it. And then at the end of the race, I, like I just naively assumed that there was someone who was going to bring me my helmet back. But <laughs> I had just thrown my, <laughs> just thrown my helmet away because there's no one waiting for it. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> and the team was like, well, where's your helmet? I was like, oh, I, I threw it away. <laughs> So, 
So what did people do in that situation? Did they have soigneurs there? Yeah, so I mean, like, in, instead of something useful, like having a bidden, you know, on a climb, they probably just had someone sort of stood around and, and picking up helmets. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's actually not... I think Axel Merckx got thrown out of Paris-Nice for even when there was a, a helmet rule, he just didn't wear one one day. I mean, like, getting the helmet rule in was, was, was not easy um, because guys just love their... Love their freedom to, to to wear their hats and stuff. I think uh, the way they did it in ice hockey is 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 pretty cool. So they basically, if you're a neo pro from a certain yeah. date, then you had to wear a helmet. And so the last guy to not wear a helmet was just this guy had been around forever. And you see these like pictures of him amongst all these guys in helmets just cruising around with this massive hairdo. Like yeah, that's they should have definitely have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've been a pro for 10 years, you'd just be, yeah, in a headband or something. How much have you got picked on if you were like, that year's like six Neo pros came in, it's like six guys wearing a helmet that year. Uh, egg, nice one. And the, the helmet technology would have been hopeless because there would be no point developing it for six guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you have raced in then? If you could race all the time in it? Uh, you, cap was. Well, whatever. I don't know. Maybe you would have gone headband. No. Snag would, helmet. Just hair. Maybe I would have gone... Brill cream hair. I would have gone cap for sure. I would have gone cap mostly backwards. Mostly backwards cap with a little bit of height. A little bit. Just the right amount of height. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's actually fast as the backwards cap. I don't know if you've ever seen footage of, uh, I think, Jan Ulrich um, coming to the start gate late. Um, five seconds to go before his TT when he's got his cap on forwards and he sits up while the guy's doing like with the hand five, four, three and t flips his cap around. It's like the coolest. It's, I haven't it's seen like it. And Tour de France TT. It's like the coolest thing ever, man. I can imagine when it was, he was probably like small wheel in the front when they rode that because <laughs> he used to run the hat in that and just, he used to have brim down at the back because that was faster aerodynamically, I thought. Really? Huh. That's what that's what I heard, and well, that's what I I saw anyway, and I just believed. I just chose to believe that. Of course, of course. I've never gone for the brim down at the back. I've never, never been into that. I don't think it was really a, like a fashion thing, but it was just all about speed. It felt fast. It looked like a t like almost like a time trial helmet. Yeah, 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 true. But they they say they say head is slower than a TT helmet, way slower. Head head with a cap is slower than a TT helmet. Well, I know just plain head is, so I'm assuming head with a cap is. Ah, yeah. No, I th yeah, yeah. Hmm, interesting. I reckon these days, probably. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're not going to know now. <laughs> All right, moving on. Favourite race? My favourite race to work as a DS is Liège. Uh, and to watch, I mean, can't get past Roubaix. No one can get past that to watch, man. Beautiful. What's your poison? What's your favorite drink? What's Southern's go-to? So the absolute um, limit drink is the uh, death in the afternoon, absinthe and champagne. Oh, Jesus. Which is uh, a, f a fairly potent mix. That's when, uh, that's when you're really getting going. Try one of the, like three or four of those and uh, you know about it. The night changes pretty rapidly. <laughs> If you get onto those. But so that's your point. That's that's your favorite drink. No, I mean, it varies. Like at the moment, um, at the moment, I mean, in, in lockdown, I've been on the wines. So, um, but. Um, what wine? 
Ah, just, I mean, it's baking hot in England, as always. So just Pinots, Merlots, that sort of thing, you know. Nothing special. Just getting the job done, Mitch, at the moment. You're a Merlot, Merlot man in the heat. That's a, that's, a, that's a solid combo. Yeah, no, it's been uh, ticking along quite nicely, I have to say. Lovely. All right. Crosswinds or mountains? Mm. What am I doing in this scenario? Am I sat in the car? Because if, if I'm sat in the car, it's definitely crosswinds. Yeah? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's... yeah. Why? Uh, it's just more shit going on. It... It's it's like it's 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 pretty it's pretty good back there when it's happening, you know, and like especially when you're kind of like because because you kind of know like all right the moment's coming the moment's coming the moment's coming, and then you're just watching this thing unfold, um, and then it's just in bits and you're sort of driving past the groups and like is anybody here? No, we've got no one here. Sweet, we haven't seen anyone yet. Awesome, it, like and then just bam bam bam, and the mountains, um, it, it, mountains are a funny one like. In the car, I don't really, you know, enjoy them, especially when you end up in car two and you mm. sort of groupetto like, ah, uh, you know, that's the, yeah. So do you think there was, is there a bit of a fight to go to Tour of Qatar then <laughs> as a director? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, Opposed to like Tour de Lan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been to either, so... But the thing is, it can also be a flip side. You can just be like, oh, yep, just about to go around this group. And you're like, actually, my whole team's in this last group in the crosswind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's not ideal. Um, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't mind as a director seeing the, the inevitable drop on the climb on the mountains. Like, oh, there goes another one. Oh, look at him. He's suffering too. Oh, you want to get on my car, do you, mate? See ya. Ah, oh, man, but like... <laughs> I, I I thought it would be okay, but some of the suffering you see is is like really, like it's really unpleasant. Like guys are oh. the guys are really really suffering. And you're just like oh, like I I feel for that. Guy. I remember, was it two years ago, uh, at the tour when there was a, like a couple of which stage it was. It might have been the Alpe d'Huez stage or something, but like Movistar just hit it like after thirty k's, blew the race apart, and like. Taylor was way back behind, like, um, a whole bunch of sprinters who ended up not making time cut. And kind of like, you knew from there that you're going to have to go, he's going to have to drop all these guys, he's going to have to get up to the next group because these guys are never going to make it. And it's just like, like, oh, man, the guy's just suffering. And it's, it's, it's not fun to watch back there, man. Mm, shit. All right. Racing or training? Racing. I mean, that's what it's for, man. That's what it's about. Definitely. Are you a coffee stop guy when you go out riding? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, actually, I wasn't when I was young. And then I, I, when I was amateur in, in Holland, I was with like five Australian guys who, who could not do a ride without stopping for a, a coffee. And then I went to France the next year. And I remember my French teammates just couldn't understand the concept of like, stopping to have a coffee and it just just blew their minds um so yeah coffee stop five hour ride three hours in you know however a short coffee stop these like what will you get at a coffee stop we are you a sweet or a savory man or nothing just get a quick coffee and go basically just a, a coffee 
you know, um, and get out of there, really. Like these, these like long people ordering a sandwich and, you know, someone getting m- mussels marinara or whatever, like, you know. Mm, menu del dia, yeah. half a bottle of cava. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, that's not for me, but... What's your coffee? Are you espresso man, cappuccinos till 12? Drink Americanos flat out. That's it. The whole day? Yeah, whole day. I mean, I get up in the morning and have a couple of Americanos and then, I mean, obviously you can't drink um, milky coffee after midday because the world will end, you know, if that happens. <laughs> so that's about it. I don't mind a, I don't, I don't mind a flat white every now and again. What do you have at home? French press. I've got a machine, so just bang out, um, bang out the double espresso shot, bit of hot water in there, get the day going. Lovely, I I like it. Bitter as hell. Hey, were you training with a group or train alone? With a group. I'm a very lazy trainer, so uh, I, I I just like hanging out, and <laughs> you know, if I'm with that, that was probably like a weakness where. Like, I, I know some guys are really good. Like, you're good. Like, you'll go out and you're like, I've still got this work to do. But I was always like, when I was racing, I was always just turn up and be like, oh, what's everyone doing? Oh, cool. I'll just come along. This will be fun. Let's have a chat. Um, you know, so yeah. A group man, but to my detriment. Yeah, nice. Good though. All right, well, what's your favourite training route? Oh, uh, probably so down in Cornwall, where I'm from. Um, I've got a loop. I used oh, yeah. to. It goes all the way around the coast, um, all the way, um, which is it's all short, sharp climbs, um, and you're on the coast road all the time. So, because it's a peninsula, and I used to do that sort of twice a day. And I had a period when I was getting ready for the worlds once. We didn't have any racing, so I did. I did it twice a day, every day, and I would just alternate which direction I went round in. Um, day after day twice a day was it not hard coming back past the same spot no I, I quite liked it because the first lap you go you go and like the first lap you're coming through and it's you're done before you know it it's like oh, I've got two and a half hours in the bag and now I've, all I have to do is what I've already done which I've already done it so it can't be that hard um, is there points there that people will know if you explain that loop now I mean uh, so sort of Penzance to St Ives and then back to Land's End and then back to Penzance. Um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, it's pretty, yeah. People Self-explanatory. Know yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nice. That sounds like hell. I know, and I don't, I don't fault that it would be sh- full of short climbs because now where we train back in Melbourne... <laughs> Out in the back of Hurstbridge there, there's all short climbs and you're a two-hour man now and I tell you what, you are a two-hour man of short climbs. Get him over that two-hour mark and he's all yours. But up until that point, no one's taken you out. Yeah, that's me, mate. That's me. Six, seven hundred watts over the climbs. Bam. All right, what's your cheat meal? What was your celebration go-to food? What is, what is it now even? I mean... Or maybe back in the day. Back in the day. I mean, when I was racing in Italy, I used to love going out for a pizza. You know, like Monday after the race or whatever. Go down, find a pizza place, um, bottle of wine, pizza, you know, a couple of beers, whatever. 
Um, Mel, uh, do you have a celebration meal now? What would be an event you'd celebrate like in that sort of context? Uh, like in terms of like you know, you've had a, a physical achievement. Like I need to sort of just let myself loose. I mean, like I love anything home cooked now. So like like when we go away to work, and we're away for like all that hotel food, like day in and day out, and eating at the airport or whatever. Like when you come home and you have your first meal, whatever the first meal is. I have at home, whether I've cooked it or my wife's cooked it, is just always the best. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, I, I would say something cooked by Georgie, my wife, um, the day after I get back, anything, doesn't matter what it is, um, it's just perfect. You know what I like about being back and just hearing you say that is sometimes it's actually not really about the meal, but it's the whole process of doing it. That's what I miss so much when I'm away, the whole crack a beer while you're making the meal you're there you're chatting and even the simple things like just chopping and cooking and just that whole and then eventually you eat the meal that's great but it's the whole process you do together i miss that so much yeah i mean that's one of the things we started with 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 lockdown it's like okay well what can we do that is nice it's like we can eat well every day and we can like cooking can be a process and we can start it so like you know you can start two hours before just doing bits and having a glass of wine and a chat and, you know, a few little bits to eat on the way. And it's, uh, that's, uh, that's good. That's good. My number one thing actually to eat, I would say, it's just coming to my head, is hummus, which I eat every day. Oh. Every day at about 5.30 is hummus o'clock. That's when your day finishes. What's your hummus recipe? My mate Dave makes it. He's got a restaurant and he just... Uh, throws it together and drops me tubs off so oh you don't make it yourself you lucky bastard no mate got a michelin star chef to do it i mean fuck <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on your best bike what's southern's best bike so i've actually got a, a a sort of small collection of the old vitus bikes um so they went, so Vitus was big. They did the first sort of bonded aluminium frames, Sean Kelly Road, 979s. Um, and then the, the original French Vitus company went bust, I think, around 98 or 99 or stopped and then sold the name to somebody else. But I have, um, and I've literally just finished two days ago after two years of restoring it, their, the Lotto Mobistar, so 1998. Oh team bike so it's a carbon frame that Vitus did with like a tapered head tube and this internal headset and it's uh it's super cool um so I just put that together um I had my brother-in-law respray it and replace the group set got the Mavic Classics Pro wheels in it um, oh nice so that's that's my number one at the moment man very cool I like it all right, well, you did allude to it a little bit before, but the question I've got in here now is what the, what's your quarantine revelation? What's something that's happened over this lockdown period that, yeah, that's, that's, that's happening, that you've, you've realized? Um, hmm, okay. Uh, what have I realized? I mean, apart from the obvious as to, like, it's, it's, it's been an unprecedented amount of... Actually, no, I'll tell you what I've realized is, like, I, I really like my my family uh, which you know it, it sounds like a weird thing but like we spend so much time on the road 
We never have unbroken spells where we're just with our partner, kids. Mm. We, we always have this escape valve of like, it gets too much, I'm just gonna, like I know in a week's time I'm going to Tirena or whatever. Um, and so I've had an unsort of broken spell at home. Um, and, you know, it's great. Like at, at first we, we were watching a bunch of stuff on TV and now my wife and I don't even watch TV in the evenings, like play cards and um, just really, just it's really comforting to know that if I didn't do a job where I was away for a hundred and whatever days a year, actually it's, it's fine for me. Mm. You know? um, and I, I think a lot of people struggle with that um, in, in cycling or anything where they're away a lot um, and you see a lot of people come home from their careers and, uh, and struggle. Um, so I've been quite comforted by that. It's been nice. Mate, that's beautiful. Great way to finish. Mate, thanks for coming on Talking Luft. Love talking to you. Nice one. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Well, there we have it. Talking Luft with Southern. I got pretty relaxed in that one. I'm a good mate with Tom, and I sort of forgot we were recording at some point, so I was like, oh, hang on. What's the next question? So I hope you enjoyed that one. It was a pretty fun one for me to do. Hope you're enjoying these Talking Loofs and I especially hope you're enjoying the Life in the Peloton pods. I've got some more coming in the coming weeks. I'm still working out what's going to be next week. Nailing down that next guest in this funny period because it's quite difficult to speak to everyone. So I hope you've been enjoying them. I want to say thanks to Lara behind the scenes who's been doing a lot of great work for me in the lockdown and now post-lockdown. Just discovering what we can do in this great time without racing and talking to different guests. So... Thanks a lot. Guys, thanks a lot for all the feedback too. I've been loving that. Also for everyone who out there who's been buying the merchandise still, putting the brand out there. There are some caps on the way. I'm not going to speak too much more about that. Give you some more information on the next episode of Talking Luft. Till then, cheers guys.